Good evening. It's time to start our Sunday evening services and welcome. It's good to have you here tonight. Uh, we'll start with uh, number 470 in your books. If you're at home reading, Victory in Jesus. We'll sing the first and last verses of this song. I heard song before our opening prayer will be Amazing Grace. We'll sing the first and fourth verse of this song. Let us sing.
Let's pray together. Our, our Heavenly Father, thank you for, for taking care of us, for, for giving us life and, and for giving us health and for giving us hope. Thank you for all the good that you've given. Thank you for, for showing us to, showing yourself to us in, in so many ways. We ask that you'll help us to open our eyes to see you everywhere. We, we uh, ask that you will help us each day. Uh, th things come along that we, we have to make decisions and have to um, figure out how to live. And we ask that you will help us with those things and that you will guide us. There's also some of us among of us that are, that are sick and, and hurting uh, physically and um, mentally, emotionally, and, um, the pain is is uh, unrelenting. Sometimes we ask for your your peace and your comfort. And for our nation, we ask that you'll um, help us to to be less divided, and that um, our leaders, both the local and and state and national will will turn to you and follow your principles and lead us in a way that's right in your sight. And even if they don't, we ask that you'll give us strength to do what is right in your sight. We ask that you'll always be with us and and guide us and take care of us. And it's through Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll sing the first and last verse of this song, and then we'll have our scripture reading and our lessons. Nearer, my God, to thee. Let us sing.
Our scripture reading this evening is Luke chapter 9, verses 18 through 20. Now it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him, and he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but others say, Elijah, and others that one of the prophets of old has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, The Christ of God. Good evening. So good to see you here tonight. Know that we have several that are watching as well on on YouTube and Facebook. Glad to have you with us as well. Um, Believe it or not, Danny and I did not put our heads together and decide what to preach on today. But I think that these lessons will actually go pretty well together. This morning, Danny talked a lot about the idea of glory. And tonight, I want to talk about glory days. And I know what you're thinking. I didn't take notes and write the lesson during Danny's lesson. (laughs) This is actually something I've been thinking a lot about lately. Glory days. We all have stories from our glory days, don't we? When, When I think about glory days, I think about January... 1998. I was 15 years old. I was playing in a basketball tournament down in Athens, Tennessee, I think. And uh, when I was in high school, I was, I was a pretty good basketball player. But this day in this tournament, something felt different. I mean, I felt good. We we're warming up. I could not miss a shot. And so my teammates, they made sure to get me the ball a lot. And I remember that first quarter, that first shot. I mean, I can close my eyes and I'm 15 years old again. And I'm coming off a screen on the baseline and hitting a 10-foot jump shot. Coming back down the court and catching the ball in the middle of the paint and firing another one off. And getting a steal and going in for a layup. Getting a fast break. I remember this really well. I was going for a fast break and I thought I was going to be able to dunk the ball. And somebody grabbed my arm just as I started to go up and I flipped it up and somehow it went in and I got fouled. And at the end of the first quarter, we were ahead 18 to 11 and I had 13 points in the first quarter. That was a pretty good quarter. So the second quarter came around and, and I remember more fast breaks and some alley-oop passes and man, I was hitting every shot I took and at halftime we were up 49 or excuse me 41 to 19 and I had 25 points in the first half that was that was a really good game for me I'd say it's a pretty good game for for most people and uh didn't even play the second half because it was a blowout but when I think about glory days of my high school basketball career that that's one that sticks out for me and you've and you've got some too right glory days just like Just like Bruce Springsteen would sing about, we think about our glory days. Glory days, those perfect memories, perfect memories of of the days when we were young and when we were beautiful and when we were skinny. You remember those days? When we had it all and we didn't even realize it sometimes. When the people we love were so close to us, And when people that we've since lost were sometimes taken for granted. 
Glory days. Glory days. I remember eating dinner on the carport uh, just outside of our kitchen in San Antonio, Texas, because it was too hot to eat inside the house without central air. And to think back now, think, man, that was glory days, eating dinner in the carport. That, that's the smell of your mama's biscuits or her bread that she would bake or the cookies that she would make or whatever those, that specialty of hers was. Those were glory days, glory days. You remember how when you were staying at your grandparents' house and the coffee smelled just a little bit different when it would brew on a Saturday morning and you wake up? Those were glory days. Glory days. Our family here at Central has had glory days, has had a lot of glory days. From moving from downtown Johnson City to 2722 East Oakland Avenue, hiring Tim Hall to be our preacher, uh, needing to expand that old building into the education wing as we grew, leading medical mission seminars for several years, leading mission campaigns to Haiti and Mexico and Nicaragua and so many different places spreading the word of God all over the world. Those have been glory days. I remember when I was first introduced to to Central about 25 years ago, coming to a youth rally and, uh, and the glory days that happened literally right here, like right where we're sitting, which used to be the parking lot in a big field. And, and, and playing basketball with Brandon Quisenberry and, and Connor McKinnis and the Catrice Boys and Kyle Lutterman and, and the glory days of, of fun times like that. Over the years, coming back to Central because they had all the pretty girls. So I'd <laughs> come from Abingdon up to, to Central for uh, a Wednesday night Bible study and, and after church going over to the McKinnis' house with the Farmer Girls and Lacey Roop and Rebecca Hall and Zach Gillum and Matt Jernigan and so many others to, to watch a movie after Bible study. Those, those were glory days. 17 years ago, starting to work full-time at Central. And what a glory day that has been. What a blessing that has been. Witnessing this new building that we're in here being built. Remember writing our names down on the floor, or writing our verses down on the floor so that we could be standing on the word of God. Glory days, watching this building go up, meeting my wife here and, and getting married right over there in that old building and our wedding reception in that, what is now the playground and all the ladies who chipped in to make that such a beautiful day. And I look back at those 13 year old wedding pictures now and think about how blessed we were to be married here at this place, surrounded by so many people who have been cornerstones in our life, family. And days like that for us are absolutely glory days. This congregation has had so many of them being part of a mission team that over the several years built a church building in Edisto Island, South Carolina. A lot of y'all remember those glory days and you think back fondly on the hard work and the labor and the sweat and the bugs and the smell. Man, those were glory days. Costa Rica, Nicaragua, Peru, Mexico, so many places that we've been. 
And then glory days with beautiful people that we miss. People who have, who have moved away from here to serve the kingdom in other places. And I hesitate to name any names because there's so many that we miss. But working with the college group specifically, I think about people like Josh and Kara Watson who were here for a while. Uh, Mike and Mary Sheridan and Dennis and Peggy Vonderfeck who were so instrumental in helping to build the college program that we have today. And the people in the glory days working alongside these people and so many others whose influences are still felt inside this building today. Then, of course, glory days here at Central with loved ones in our family that have passed on. And I'll always remember Gene uh, Chapman and Walter Pugh who interviewed me back in 2004 along with the other elders. What strong, bold, caring, thoughtful leaders these men were. And, and who can forget the encouragers of our congregation? Frank Chapeau and Nell Phillips and Joe Greer and, and my buddy David Gunner and, and so many. With everyone that I mentioned, there's 10 more that you're thinking about that have, that have passed and that we miss and that we spent glory days with, and that we're longing to see again. All these great servants, glory days. When we think back on these glory days, we realize God has blessed Central. God has been good to us. But what if I told you that our best days haven't even happened yet? What if I told you that our glory days are in the future. And that's not a slap to the people that I just mentioned. And that's not a, a slap to all the glory days that we just mentioned. But what it is, is a testament to their faith and their examples standing on the foundation of Christ and standing on the shoulders of laborers in the kingdom who came before them and had glory days of their own. What if I told you that a future existed where someone will stand in this pulpit years from now and talk about the glory days of Central Church of Christ in 2021. When we overcame, when we became braver and bolder and stronger and humble and generous and serving our community and givers and we did extraordinary things for the kingdom. What if I told you that a future existed where someone could stand in this pulpit years from now and talk about the example that you set. And how they have memories of kids getting together at, at your home or the loving encourager that you were or, or the diligent worker that you were to make sure that you saw the Lord being served here at Central and that the community was served here in Central. What if I told you a future exists where the efforts and sacrifices of your child are the shoulders that generations 50 years from now are standing on. If we weren't on YouTube right now, I'd mention some children's names. We've got leaders. You know that? There are elders, there are deacons, there are Bible class teachers, and there are encouragers and workers and leaders that haven't started school yet in this house. Glory days, glory days. And the thing about glory days 
is that most of the time we don't realize we're in the middle of them until they've already passed. In Luke chapter 9, the ministry of Jesus is in full swing. And he has set out uh, the apostles to cure diseases and cast out demons and uh, proclaim the kingdom of God. And there's a buzz that is starting to surround Jesus. And in verse 7, Herod has heard about Jesus. In verse 7, it says, Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Something's happening. Herod realizes it. And whatever is happening is calling back memories of John the Baptist. We remember John the Baptist, right? The, the wild man who ate honey and locusts and the voice that was crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Herod said, who's this preaching now? Uh, and the word on the street is that John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. Can you imagine someone saying, you know, remember, remember that time we listened to John the Baptist preach? Man, that was great. Was glory days. Remember that time uh, that he told us to be baptized and we were baptized? Remember how we felt when he told us that the Savior was near? Man, those were glory days. So, so since John told us that the Savior was going to be near... The only rec uh, reasonable explanation for, for all of these things going on right now is that this Jesus uh, that we're hearing about, the only reasonable explanation is that he must be John the Baptist. <laughs> he must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. And then there's other people who are a little more practical and they, no, nah, it can't be John the Baptist. King Herod, he, they cut the head off of John the Baptist. It can't be him. Uh, it, it, we, we've got to be more practical about it. It can't be John. This man is obviously Elijah. Don't you remember the stories of the glory days of Elijah? And what they didn't realize is they were stuck right in the middle of glory days with the Savior. And they didn't even realize it. But they weren't alone. Harrison read for us from verse 18. He said, now it happened as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowd say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say Elijah and others that one of the prophets has risen. Jesus wants to know, who am I? Who do people say that I am? And let's think about that for a second. Why does Jesus ask this question? Does he care? Does he care what people say about him? Doesn't he already know what people are saying about him? Why ask this question of the apostles? He's not asking the question for his own benefit. He, he's asking the apostles for their benefit. Does the world realize that we are in glory days right now? And the apostles gave him the same answer that Herod got. John the Baptist, Elijah, one of the prophets... 
Jesus says, hey guys, my followers, my apostles, my, my trusted companions, uh, you've been with me since the beginning. You've listened to me. You've seen me. You've, you've witnessed miracles. You've heard teaching. You are my friends. Do people realize we're experiencing glory days? Not really. Verse 20, then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Because this question from the very beginning is for the apostles' benefit. He says, okay, they don't realize. They don't realize that we're experiencing glory days, but do you realize it? And Peter said, I do. Peter answered, you are the Christ of God. This all makes sense. You are the Christ. You are the Savior. You are the Son of God. You are the one that John said was coming. And you are the one that was prophesied. You are the Christ of God. And we're blessed to be with you in the flesh. And we are living in glory days. Parenting can be a tough job sometimes, can it? Um, There are times right now that we get so busy that it seems like we're hopping from one athletic field to a gym to a recital and then back home to maybe grab just a little bit of sleep before it all starts back up the next day. And uh, just as we're getting in bed to go to sleep is about the time to expect someone to walk into the room and say, oh, by the way, I have a science project due tomorrow that I haven't started on. Or, uh, uh, oh yeah, I signed you up to bring cupcakes for the entire class tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and we are living that right now. And a lot of you are smiling because you're living that too. And I noticed some of you are laughing because you lived that and made it, uh, made it on the other side peacefully and shame on you for laughing at us. <laughs> and then there's a couple of you in here that look like deer in the headlights because you have no idea what's about to hit you. <laughs> but Amanda and I do our very best during these times, to savor these times, even when it seems like they're moving so fast, because I really believe that these are glory days with our children. They only get to be this age once, uh, and, and I only have these brief, fleeting moments to introduce them to Jesus and introduce them to so many other things in the world that are also important to me and, and, and to build that relationship with them. These are the glory days. And no matter how many times I tell myself that, and I promise you it's daily that I try to remind myself that I'm in glory days, I still forget. <laughs> I still forget. I still do things that make it seem like I don't realize that our family is experiencing days that we will one day look back longingly on. And maybe you're guilty of that too. We're human, right? We get distracted. So we can understand how Peter, who gets it, right? Peter, who at least for a moment, understands that he and his fellow apostles are living in the glory days. We can understand when only a few verses later, he seems to forget. Down in verse 28, it says, about eight days after these things, he took with him Peter, John, and James and went up to the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, 
who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which, was about to, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. This is, this is one of the most amazing scenes in Scripture to me. I mean, if I could be present at an event in history, this, is, this has got to be it. This is so amazing what is happening right there and what they're able to witness. And, and, and how Luke mentions too that Moses and Elijah are talking to Jesus about what must take place in Jerusalem. That's amazing. They're counseling Jesus about the crucifixion that he's about to go through. Amazing. And Peter, James, and John are here sleeping and suddenly they hear people talking and they rub their eyes and see. And I don't know how they recognize Moses and Elijah, but I can only imagine them rubbing their eyes, waking up, half asleep. Hey, Jesus, can you and Moses keep it? Whoa, wait, who is that? Is that Moses and Elijah? What is going on? And they're so excited and, and they realize, man, we are in glory days right now. This is incredible. And so in verse 33, Peter says to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. Master, thank you for letting us witness this glory day. Now let's worship you. And let's worship Moses and Elijah too. And in verse 34, as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. God tells Peter immediately, Don't you remember who you said that Jesus is? He's the only one, Peter. Go back to verse 33. Read the last part of that verse again. Not knowing what he said. Just because you realize you're in the glory days, Peter, doesn't mean you know what to do with him. And that one steps on my toes a little bit, right? Because I know I'm in the glory days with my kids. I do. I really believe that. But sometimes it can step on my toes because I don't know what to do with that all the time. Mm, these are the glory days with my kids. Now let daddy rest after a long day of work and don't bother me. Mm, these are the glory days that we'll look back fondly on and we'll miss days like today. Now run off so we can watch TV. These are glory days and my kids will have plenty of opportunities to Learn about God and his word some other day. Just because I realize I'm in the glory days doesn't mean I know what I'm supposed to do with them. And Peter didn't know either. I contend that right here, right now, August 1st, 2021, Central Church of Christ, Johnson City, Tennessee, USA, we are living in our glory days. We're alive we have opportunity, we have funds, we have youth, we have facilities, and we have a world that has never been more lost or dying and thirsting for Jesus 
than it is right now. What are you going to do with the glory days? You know, we could sit back and say, man, I sure wish, I sure wish our church would do more. I sure wish that we could get out and help our community more. I, I sure wish we had a better fill-in-the-blank program. Sure wish we could be more like fill-in-the-blank church. And the question is, what, isn't what is the church going to do with the glory days? The question is, what are Y-O-U-U you going to do with these glory days? Because so goes you, so goes the church. And if you want the church to do more in these glory days, then do more. And, and, and let me tell you, talk to the elders, talk to Tim. There's plenty of work. Chig and I were talking just before worship tonight. We were talking actually about a lot of glory days, people that we knew from Freed Hardeman, but also about the prison ministry and how much there is to do with that. And there's plenty, there's, there's so much to do. If you feel like we need to work more, then work more because we've got it. We've got the work here for you. You want the church to get out in the community, get out in the community. No one's stopping you. You are the church. And the church isn't here to serve us. We are here to serve the church, serve as part of the church. And in doing so, we serve each other. And we get to live in the glory days. We get to live in the glory days. In John 13, the apostles enter the upper room. And Jesus begins to wash their feet. And they had no idea what was going on. Jesus knew that these were his last days, his glory days, and Jesus was committed to serving in the glory days. He committed to serving those he loved. And the apostles didn't get it. Because in Luke's account of this, in chapter 22, verse 24, it says a dispute also arose among them as to which of them would be regarded as the greatest. How silly. How silly. How could they be doing this? On the greatest and most important night of Christianity, be arguing about something so silly, so petty. What are you doing? You're wasting glory days. We're in glory days. And for many uh, uh, today, could be the most important day in their spiritual life, in their history, because today could be the day that someone is introduced to Jesus. And yet the goal of so many in our world today is for people to know how important we are. Just like the apostles in that room. Look at my car, look at my house, look at my social media page with, with all my vacations and how I live. I'm so important. And social media can be a toxic drug that feeds that arrogant need for praise, can it? I wonder if the upper room scene happened today if the apostles wouldn't be on their cell phones right now tweeting pictures of Jesus washing their feet and talking about how hashtag blessed they are. And, and by the way, that, that hashtag blessed, man, sometimes when I see it, it just makes me want to throw up sometimes. <laughs> a house, a vacation, a paycheck, a car, that's not what makes you hashtag blessed. The blood of the man who was washing feet on the night that he was murdered is what makes us hashtag blessed. But social media feeds that drug of self-importance and instead of 
filling the, wor- the world with how hashtag blessed we really are because of that blood, we instead want to tell the world how hashtag important that we are. While the Savior was about to die, the apostles are involving themselves in a petty, trivial argument over who was the most important. And while the world is dying today, many Christians on social media are involving themselves in petty, trivial arguments over who is most important. Look at my kids, hashtag blessed, hashtag important. Look at my body, hashtag more blessed, hashtag important. Look at my accomplishments, hashtag more blessed and more important. Look at my ideas, hashtag more blessed than you. Look at my politics, hashtag more blessed than yours, more important than yours. Hashtag glory days because my candidate won or my candidate's going to win. We're living in glory days right now. We'll look back on these days and we're not going to remember. And that's not going to be important. We're going to look back on these glory days and we're going to remember fondly the people who are sitting in this room right now, our brothers and sisters, people who are sitting in this room right now that eventually all of us are going to have passed away. Some of us will have moved away and we'll look back fondly on these days. What are we doing with these days? When people look back on these glory days of central Will you be remembered? They were such an encourager. They did everything they could to make sure that the kids at Central had Bible classes. They worked tirelessly in the pantry. They worked in the the prison ministry. Uh, They were always bringing new people into worship. They were a relentless servant. Are you training your children to be the leaders and the teachers and the servants and encouragers and workers of the church tomorrow? Or are we wasting these glory days teaching them to be important? You know, looking back on a high school yearbook, you might remember some glory days. Um, You might see the class president or the captain of the football team and and remember them, or maybe the the valedictorian, uh, remember them. But... Um, there's an unfortunate thing that happens when you start getting a little bit older. And I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm older than I was. <laughs> and, uh, and I tell you, someone's playing a mean trick on me because every time I pull out my high school yearbook, they keep putting pictures of people in there that I don't know. Um, and there's more every, every year. They're sneaking in pictures of people I don't know. Or, or maybe it's just that I'm forgetting people and I don't know them anymore. Um, and maybe you have that same problem. You pull out the yearbook and who was that? Maybe they were important, maybe they weren't. I don't know. They were probably important to someone, and they're seen by someone. And they're definitely important to their mother and father. And I want you to understand, you can have the heart of the most tireless servant. And I know that that happens here at Central because there's so much work that gets done that no one sees, uh, that no one realizes. But someone sees it. I think a lot of times we all see it. We don't realize that we're seeing some of it. But God sees it. That's the most important person to be seen. So when I say, hey, you know, one day someone's going to come up here and say the glory days. And will they remember you? 
Well, maybe they won't. But they'll see your work, they'll see your labor, and they'll see the difference that you made. Or we can waste these days. Our time on earth is working toward that ultimate glorious day when He will return to take us home. And until then, we spend that time learning to love Him. That's the most important glory day. And if you aren't a part of that glory day, it won't matter how important or how popular uh, you were in your yearbook uh, or even how many points you scored in the first half of a basketball tournament game in Athens, Tennessee. The only thing that matters on that glory day is your relationship with God. And if we're not taking advantage of this glory day today, we will regret that glory day tomorrow. Today can be the most glorious day of your life if you've never put on Christ. Today can be the day that you, that you become a Christian, that you accept that relationship that He's been dying to have with you by being washed in the blood of Christ. And maybe today is the day that, that things need to change. Maybe today is the, that glory day where we say, no more. This is the glory day where I start putting things first and I start making sure that priorities are set and I'm living the way I need to live and I'm raising my kids the way I need to raise them so that they can be experiencing glory days. We have a chance to make today a glory day if you'll make it happen. Whatever we can do for you, we want to help you as together we stand and sing. If you're here this evening or at home and we're unable to take the Lord's Supper, we want to offer this time for you to do so. And to prepare our minds for that, we're going to sing the first and fifth verse of When My Love to Christ Grows Weak. Let us sing.
Tim Marshall and I were up at Northeast Correctional Facility for services today. And uh, of course, this is the first Sunday of the month and the third, as well as the fifth Sundays of the month, we they have services. And then for some of the men in certain units, then we have to, they can't come for services, but they have a Lord's Supper for them. And in, in continuation of Tim's lesson, I'm thinking about 30 plus men there are in their glory days. And uh, they may not think of it in that sense, but I think if we were to be able to communicate with them, I think they would certainly agree in that context. We're talking about men that have been baptized at the prison. Some, of course, were baptized before they came to prison, but many of these men have become Christians while there. And uh, I just sort of think about uh, uh, the changes, of course, in their lives. Certainly, they were imprisoned in, in the sense of committing a crime, but they were in a, a prison as far as a spiritual context before they arrived. And now, certainly, they're still incarcerated, but they're freed from another prison, as we understand, as Christians. So, uh, like I said, uh, we, we do have the Lord's Supper there for some of these men. That's, that's the only thing that they can really, we can communicate with them a little while, but it's mainly to have the Lord's Supper with them. Bow with me at this time. Father, we're indeed grateful that we have the opportunity each first day of the week Take the Lord's Supper. Grateful Father for Jesus coming to this earth and living as, as he did and dying that we might have the forgiveness of our sins. Certainly we're grateful for the Lord's Supper and a reminder to us and at this time for the bread that represents the body of Jesus. Be with those that need to partake at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of us there at the prison on these days that we have services, uh, of course we have services morning where most of us partook of the Lord's Supper, and then in the chapel or where, we have, where we're in the annex, and then when we go in these special units, and then of course here tonight, so this is the fourth time for me today. But uh, I, I try to be mindful of the fact for these men that are, that are partaking of it, that are Christians, uh, I want it to be uh, from the heart as much as it can be. Uh, bow with me again. 
Father, we're indeed grateful for Jesus and realize while he's on the cross, he felt the rejection of God, the separation from God, probably more painful than what he was suffering physically. But help us to be mindful of, of that blood that was shed on that occasion, the blood that from the thorns in his head and the piercing of his wrist and hands and feet. Be with us as we be reminded of these particular things. It's particular through the vine. In Jesus' name, amen. Certainly, uh, while we're at the prison, of course, we have a, a prayer for uh, the offering. Of course, I realize these men cannot make a normally a physical uh, contribution. Maybe a few have from time to time, but we're mindful of what we can what we can do in terms of giving back to others in a variety of ways. But let's let's bow. Father, we're grateful for this congregation, for its work in preaching and teaching here as well as the work of certainly the prison ministry and the, the various other ministries of a similar nature in the area. And mindful of those that we support financially uh, in other parts of the world, in other parts of our own country. And Father, we're thankful, Father, that we can help in providing food through the pantry uh, for those that have needs in our area, which are very great, and many other needs. And Father, help us to be, be mindful of these things as we give. And, and thank you again, Father, for the talents and abilities that we have. And pray we can might use these in, in, in the Lord's kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together for our closing hymn, number 881, Mansions Over the Hilltop. That was a great lesson tonight, Tim, and I certainly appreciate that lesson. Good job. 881. Let us sing. I'm
Let's all bow together. Almighty God, our Father in heaven, we do bow down before you, proclaiming, Father, that you are the Almighty and our Creator. And Father, you are all-loving and all-knowing. And we are thankful, Father, that you are long-suffering with us, recognizing, Father, our frailties. And Father, we are thankful for the hope that we have of spending eternity with you and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Father, for giving us your word. We're thankful, Father, that we have the Bible and Pray, Father, that we would recognize its tremendous utility to guide our lives and to instruct and help others who are lost and without hope in this world. Father, we're thankful for the opportunities and resources that you give us and help us, Father, to recognize our responsibility as Christians as to utilize our opportunities and our resources to do the work of the church. We pray, Father, that we might uh, recognize the tremendous value that we have laid before us. Help us, Father, to uh, seize every opportunity we have today and the remaining days of our lives so that we might spend eternity witnessing your glory. And Father, we do thank you for your love. And we pray, Father, that you would uh, forgive us when we uh, lose sight of what is important and when we put off doing things that we should do that would, that would reflect your love and goodness. Help us, Father, to live each day uh, mindful of eternity. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I was told there are no announcements, so we are dismissed. <laughs>